2: Yes, the Bengals are 0-2, and yes, that is a very bad place to be. But perhaps worse is that we're back on calf watch with Joe Burrow.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're coming to you after another Bengals 0-2 start. Unfortunately, this one compounded by an injury to Joe Burrow. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day. You can find this podcast for free on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And hit that subscribe button if you're new. We'll have you covered throughout the year. It's not going to hopefully be a terrible year. We've seen them bounce back from these spots before. And when they do, we will have you covered this year. This episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash a locked on NFL terms and conditions apply. James, we can start with many topics in this football game. Lamar Jackson played great. The Bengals' defense left something to be desired. The Bengals got off to a slow start. The Joe Burrow interception was game-changing and perhaps game-breaking for the Bengals. But more important than any of those things, as we just saw this team recover from an 0-2 start in 2022 to make the AFC Championship game, is Joe Burrow. Because if he's not right... And Zach Taylor and Burrow both said that he would have gone back out there for the final drive if the Bengals had gotten the ball back and had a chance to go try to tie or win the game. He injured that calf again on his last play of the game, a touchdown pass to T. Higgins, a really nice play for Joe Burrow, by the way, scrambling to buy time, a free runner. He saw the free runner coming through a perfect ball to T. Higgins near the front pylon immediately hobbled to the sideline, got that massage gun to the calf on the sideline to try to loosen it back up. Said it was quite sore after the game, didn't feel good, said they'd have to take it day-to-day. And as a result, I think a couple of things are true. One, I'll, I'll at least say I was wrong about the calf injury. I thought by this point we would have put it in the rearview mirror. It's still lingering. And now more than lingering appears to have been tweaked and is something that will require close monitoring and management from the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: The good news, let's start with some good news. They don't play till Monday night, so you get a little more R&R if you're Joe Burrow, and you can get more treatment and, and go that route. That said, the, the parallels between last year and this year are eerily similar. I mean, this offense really felt like it was getting going in that second half and showed signs of being the offense that you hoped. And when you go back to that second half of the Dallas game last year in week two, that's when it kind of looked like it and and looked like it was going to come out of and snap back into reality on what should be a really talented offense. That said, yeah, the the calf injury lingers and I think is going to continue to linger and it stinks. And I, I tried to ask if it had ever felt the way it was currently feeling as he was at the podium when he had his bad days because when he came back he talked about in return to practice how he would have good days and bad days and and so is this something he's experienced is this something he feels like he can play through you you want to try to get to it and, and I think the burrow that I saw up there was someone that truly didn't know was unsure and in that aspect of it not knowing I know there was a question or two about confidence and of course, he's always confident, but you can't be confident in something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he knows about this. And and that's it's kind of the scary part is is when and it, it just happened. So who knows? You know, he may wake up tomorrow and feel pretty decent, but it really stinks that this does feel like it's going to linger. And, and by the way, I don't think it necessarily had a big impact on him today. Good and bad. I don't think that was necessarily it. Um, and, and maybe you disagree, that's fine. Um, but to me, we started to see this offense become what we expected it to be. And now we have this cloud that's hanging over everything. This would be the biggest concern if they were two and O it's an even bigger concern now that they're zero and two, cause there's no margin for error.
2: Yeah. And it was already, going to be a tight margin for error this year in general, with the general strength of the AFC North improving. And and I think, you know, now the Ravens 2-0 and have a two-game lead in the division over the Cincinnati Bengals, at least. The rest of the AFC North, at worst, will be 1-1. One one. There could be another 2-0 and team in the AFC North pending a primetime football game. It's absolutely the biggest concern because while they were so- showing signs of coming out of it in the second half, now you don't know if you're going to have your quarterback playing at a high level. Did it impact him a ton today? I, I don't know that I think it impacted him a ton, but it was clear to me that he was still reluctant to run. He was still reluctant to break the pocket. He did just a amount of BK got immediate pressure beating Alex Kappa at some point in the game. He high steps over a potential sack and scrambles for five yards, but he did not look like he was running at full speed. Uh, I think that his top end speed was still hampered in this game. And, and clearly you know he was willing to push it to try to win the game on that throw to T. Higgins, where he has to sprint out to buy time to make that throw, mm-hmm. but then he pays a price immediately. But you're right that there were signs of life, and and that's kind of the secondary point on the offensive side of the ball. It wasn't as good as it needed to be. Obviously, they they set two drives on fire, uh, one of which sounds like both Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow don't necessarily agree with the holding call on second and four that was called on uh, Alex Kaffa on a first down run for Joe Mixon that ended up being a a second and 14 and then a punt. But after the start of the game, when they were 2 of 5 on third downs, I believe in the first half, they were 8 of 10 on third downs with a fourth down conversion on one of those plays in the second half, just one punt in the second half. They did have the interception, and that interception was – game changing instead of potentially either tying the game at 13 or going up 17 to 13 at the time, it immediately becomes 20 to 10. And, and then you're, you're, you need a perfect game from there to, to try to win. They don't have yeah. a perfect game from there. They end up punting uh, perhaps in an ill-advised fashion in the fourth quarter thinking we might be able to get two more possessions here. They don't get the two more possessions, but there, there are a lot of signs of life there. For this team, T. Higgins getting involved in the middle of the field a little bit more for Jamar Chase going, although still not at the level you'd want to see. But a lot of really close, but not quite their moments too. An Irv Smith play, a Tyler Boyd play in the corner of the end zone, a T. Higgins play near the front pylon. They didn't necessarily all come back to bite. That Irv Smith play where he couldn't get the second foot in early in the game on what could have been an explosive play on on that first third down of the game where they end up punching right away. that That's a big play in this football game. That's a play you need Irv Smith to, break, to make. You need Irv Smith to break that tackle on a third down against a zero look later in the game, and then have a ton of space to run after the catch. They didn't get those plays, and perhaps some of those make a difference in this game as well. Um but, but to your point, you're right that there are reasons for optimism on the offensive side of the ball, that Joe Burrow is starting to see things better. He's starting to make better decisions at interception aside. In the second half, I mean, their drives were 58 yards, 75 yards, the one three and out that was not a very good drive, and then 80 yards. You take that in the second half for the most part.
1: Well, yeah, except, good.
0: sure, except you can't have the three and out when your defense can't get a stop.
2: And, and then the defense gets one stop, but it's like sure. one of two in the game.
0: Sure, which is unbelievably bad. And of the two, which one I'd be more frustrated with, it's the defense, to be very, very clear. Hmm. Uh, I don't from think I today, agree with either. From today. That, that's fine. Um, yeah. Here's the problem is you, you want to make Lamar Jackson look like an MVP. Joe Burrow wasn't going to look like an MVP today. I don't think anyone expected him to do that. And so – concerns the bengal's offensive line i think played pretty well uh lamar jackson did his thing and and so what i mean h- how don't you agree actually i don't even think it's really debatable
2: oh we can talk how about don't it. you we'll talk about 328
0: it. left two two straight two, two straight uh yeah. first downs i mean yeah i i think
2: uh yeah let's I talk think about that's it. all it
0: is but let's, let's get into it. it all right
2: coming up next. All right. Yep. We'll talk defense, offense, defense struggle with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson played great. And uh, which is more concerning? We'll get into that next. This episode of On Bengals brought to you by LinkedIn, who knows that every new hire these days can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the right people for your team Faster and for free, I love to talk about these screening questions that make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to get in for an interview in a very competitive landscape and get into your organization. So I small businesses, rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality candidates versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free, at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
0: today's show is also brought to you by prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy the way it should be what do i mean by that well you pick two to six players and whether they're going to go for more or less than their stat projections and you can watch the winnings roll in because you can win up to 25 times your money this football season with prize picks it's really simple to play you can make all your picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds and whether it's Saquon Barkley and you want to take the more on his rushing yards or the less on the number of Lamar Jackson rushing yards since we'll talk about Lamar Jackson coming up those are two examples of the many that you can do with prize picks and Price picks now offers Apple pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100.
2: The question we left off with is, are you more concerned about the defense or the offense going forward? And I think Joe Burrow's calf is, is a big part of why I'm concerned about the offense. The slow starts are a big part of why I'm concerned about the offense. There are signs of life there. On the defensive side of the ball, they weren't good. I, I don't say that I'm not concerned about the Bengals' defense because I think they were good, to be clear. They did hold the Ravens to 5.9 yards per play, which isn't great. The, the, the Ravens had to slowly, methodically work their way down the field, but they had 26 first downs. They were 9 of 14. On third down, it wasn't good. But the reason, I guess, that my my concerns are not super high on the defensive side of the ball is that they don't play Lamar Jackson every week. And I think Lamar was very, very good in this game. He didn't hit every single pass, but he had some perfect passes at opportune times. The Zay Flowers bomb, the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar on the slot fade against... He had some perfect passes in this game. And on top of that, with his legs, he just creates such a problem. If the Bengals played Lamar Jackson every week, yeah, I'd be very concerned. They don't have answers for Lamar. When they tried to spy him, they lost contain Uh, on third in the game. Sam Hubbard couldn't quite keep the edge where, where Logan Wilson's responsible for any rush up the middle. Lamar Jackson draws him in and then is able to get around the edge and get out there. I think it's mostly a Lamar issue. I I think that his legs neutered the Bengals' pass rush, which needs to be better, by the way, but was largely ineffective because of Lamar Jackson and his ability to nullify your pass rush, and I thought he played on time. I thought the Ravens' offense clicked. I I don't know that that necessarily means I'm long-term concerned about the Bengals' defense, but they don't seem to have answers for Lamar Jackson, and that is... A concern for at least one more game this year
0: all right two things one yeah moving forward that's a totally different conversation today which one cost them more one team actually figured it out at least a bit and yeah burrow through the pick but the defense is the one that turned that into a scoring drive it didn't have to be it didn't have to be a scoring drive it's a perfect and throw
2: I, for what it's worth but yeah you're right
0: I and fine and it's a perfect throw to, to aglor too Right, where mm-hmm. he's just in the end zone. I get it. But at some time at some point, it can't say zero sacks for zero yards, regardless of who the quarterback is.
2: They and did have two so- sacks. They just didn't count. They had a strip sack that was nullified by hands of the face penalty that was absolutely brutal. They had a sack that was nullified by one of the worst calls I've seen made in an NFL game where Odell Beckham Jr. pulls Cam Taylor Britt down with both arms and Cam Taylor Britt is called for Illegal contact, saving the Ravens a penalty or, or a timeout in a crucial situation in the two-minute drill. Um, but yeah, I okay, mean, throughout the fine. game, the pressure wasn't good enough.
0: That's fine. We can do that. It also doesn't matter. Like this isn't not We can do the the ref thing, and I agree with you. But zero two is zero and two, and the defense. Yeah. The, the point is, is the game is on the line. Joe Burrow's massaging his calf. The defense needs to get off the field. That's what it comes down to, really. That's really what it comes down to. In third down, they did everything but what? Keep track of Lamar Jackson. He gets the first down. It's game over, and they, they let him pick up another first down, but it's pretty much game over at that point. Like After everything that they had been through all game long, if you get a stop there, it changes it. And usually game. usually over the past couple of years, they have gotten that stop. And so yeah. that that's the part of it defensively. I get it. Lamar's a freak. I think this offense for the Ravens is pretty good. I do. I mean, they're missing a couple guys in the line, and you couldn't really tell. I think Lamar really looks good, like MVP-style Lamar. So I get all that. And then you flip it offensively. I, I think, yeah, the, the big concern is injury. Other than that, like if, if Burrow wasn't dealing with this calf, it would be like, oh, well, they might have found some things. And, yeah, they got to get Jamar Chase more involved. These 30-yard games are insane, and I expect that to change starting Monday night. But now that bros calf is up in the air, it just it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It changes the way you view it. It's not just oh, and 2 they've been there before. It's oh, and 2 they've been there before. But they have this cloud lingering. So that's the other part of this. Um, I, I do want to shout out Charlie Jones, yep. Chuck Sizzle, with a, a really, really nice return, best return I've seen from him. And what I think that means is he's getting confidence, certainly being more decisive, which is something he had talked about uh, wanting to be and it it shows the potential that the Bengals obviously saw when they drafted him in the fourth round because I think his transition to the league in general has been a little I don't even want to say challenging but taking a little more time that, than they that some people at least expected and, and so for him to have that today I do think that that that's huge for him
2: yeah I, I think that that you mentioned decisive play that that's what made the touchdown happen there was some really good blocking on that play by the way as well from some oh, no. other bengals rookies uh andre yosevash one of them chase brown one of them a couple a couple of other young guys out there making some key blocks he took what was blocked and he got to he, it was it was blocked up really well and he and he hit it the way he needed to hit it he hasn't been you know the shiftiest of punt returners in terms of making guys miss but in terms of getting to the running lane And running to daylight, he did a very good job on that punt return. And he he gets a lot of credit for that. Just going back to our conversation on the the topic of, you know, where this game let them down, the way it ended, I think, eyes on the defense for sure, right? And and the Ravens didn't go three and out until the fourth quarter. The defense needed to be better for sure. The Bengals can't set their first two drives of the game on fire against this Ravens team.
0: No doubt. You just can't. No doubt.
2: And, and maybe, maybe that third drive where Charlie Jones returns it for a touchdown, maybe that's where we start to see the offense click because the next drive we did see the Bengals go down and, and kick a field goal after failing to convert uh, a third and five. That was the Rocky Sin pass breakup against Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. And, man, that's a matchup you take every time if you're the Bengals. And sure. you got Jamar Chase on Rocky Sin, but they, they don't get the completion there. So, yeah, maybe the offense starts showing signs earlier. If they get that drive instead of the Chuck sizzle touchdown, you never complain about a touchdown, obviously. Um, No, no. It's just like the trend of the game, right? Sure. The way things finished was pro offense, not so good on the defense, but taking the hole that they cannot do this at the start of games against the Ravens either.
0: No doubt. I mean, the Ravens go eight minutes. And one of the major keys was getting off the field. And so they go eight minutes to start and then you go three and out and I get it they did get the first down and you have the holding call all of those things I get the circumstances by the way Charlie Jones's touchdown happened right after the strip sack was nullified yep so it, it kind of made up for it in a way even though it would have been really cool to have the strip sack and get the offense short yardage who knows if they actually scored touchdown or not so you did get seven so I but you're right it, it the first two drives fast start like there's so many parallels to last year you know how often. It was fast start fast start fast start they have to start fast how important it was and then you remember that first drive against the jets where they're 0 and two they talk about how they're going to start fast they take the ball this becomes a whole thing they're on the road and they go down like i i think we're going to get some of the same some of the same uh themes here of wanting to start fast and the need for it now it's all dependent on one guy's injury and, and so we will uh, discuss more other takeaways from today's game as well, coming up next.
2: Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel. And you can snap right into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on your first $5 bet. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, that means there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use as well. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: Today's show is also brought to you by Pierce Dental Group and Pierce Dental Group is the place you need to go if you're a Bengals fan and in Cincinnati or in Northern Kentucky you you gotta go there because they are the premier dental group in the area providing world-class experience and creating confident smiles their downtown location has been in downtown Cincinnati where I'm at right now since 1942 they have over 1300 five-star Google reviews and whether it's cosmetics dental implants Invisalign routine care Pierce dental group is the place to go they are the official member of the Professional Football Dental Association. Go where the pros go, that is Pierce Dental. They also have flexible payment options and pride themselves on maximizing your dental insurance. So make sure you check them out, piercedentalgroup.com, P-E-A-R-C-E dentalgroup.com. Search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook.
2: Tough start to the season, being 0-2, not like last year. In some ways, as much as you would like to think that last year's context and come back from that spot would give you confidence in the team this year, that Joe Burrow calf injury, hanging over things, other takeaways in this game to to hit on. I thought that this is a very small note, James, but Hmm. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Brad Robbins again, leaving a little bit of something to be desired. Yes. Uh notably was was observed getting chewed out on the sideline by Darren Simmons after the punt from the uh the forty nine yard line that was fair caught at the ten. Interestingly. Not sure what that was about. There are worse results than that, but not not great early returns for Brad Robbins. Long punt today, I think forty one yards. Yep. Correct. Need that to be a little better.
0: Three total, forty yard average. And you're right, depending on where you're at on the field, it's going to be that way. Stout, by the way, for the Ravens, two punts, including a 63-yarder. Which was a touchback. Um, yeah, yes. which, it, which was too far. Right. right. So, so you're seeing the the reason I mentioned that is he had a, a rough day, really. I mean, his two punts, one's a touchdown and, and one's a touchback. Meanwhile, Brad Robbins, you'd like to see like five more yards on that average because we we get it you don't need them to be 58.5 like stout because usually that'll be a touchback unless you're backed up at the same time it was a nice day out there there's no weather you can see on youtube right now it's still really nice here in cincinnati so there there was no weather to worry about
2: how about offensive scheme james a a common point of criticism after week one on social media another common point of criticism this week that i've seen people asking once again you know, why are the Bengals receivers in such tight coverage all the time? Why can't they scheme guys open? I, I didn't really have that feeling today. I, I felt like Burrow was maybe a little quick on the trigger in the first half. One big upside this week that you briefly mentioned earlier that I want to call attention to again is I thought the offensive line and pass pro played really well in this game. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, again, played really well in the run game. So there's a couple of positives there, but people still come back to, to this coaching staff. What are your thoughts?
0: I think it's easy to always t- to go that route, especially when you start slow and you start game slow. And th- they do need to figure it out and, and start much better. Because I-, I think that's part of it. Like 24 points probably should get it done against the Ravens. Like it- it's it's hard to ask, uh, at least against a full strength Ravens team. It's hard to ask against any AFC North team. And I had it 27-20 in my prediction, but it, are you going to go score 30 on every AFC North team? Like you give up 27, like that's tough. And Justin Tucker missed a field goal. So you almost gave up 30. Um, so I don't know. I mean, scheme wise, I, I I will say this, you need to figure out a way to get Jamar chase more than 30 yards, like whatever that is. And, and I'm not saying they didn't try or he wasn't targeted. He had eight targets. It's not like he had three targets, but this, this offense it goes is I mean his two biggest plays. Jamar Tate Chase's two biggest plays in week one and week two, through two weeks now. The two biggest plays have been pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. Can happen. So they have to figure that out. And I don't necessarily know if that's a scheme thing, by the way, but but it is something that needs to to change. Uh, overall, though, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's tough. This is still a matchup that clearly makes it tough on this Bengals offense and uh if anything i am wondering passing wise passing wise it's like all right it feels like you're missing a piece like one piece i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just rhythm i don't know because i don't want to necessarily point to tight end because i don't know if it's that if Irv smith jr gets two feet down i probably wouldn't even be thinking of it that way so i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's uh you know the dynamic running back out of the backfield because people are going to mention Joe Mixon nine yards per catch, I, I, I get that. Thirty-two of them came on the one, and everything else was you know just quick dump offs, check down type throws that didn't get much. And, and by the way, that was a good play, good scheme where you you fake the, the the reverse to Jamar, you throw it back to to Joe Mixon, and you get him moving. So uh, I think that set up the the interception, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I I'm not here questioning scheme today. I do think that they they need to figure it out where they get their best player involved, and that's what Jamar Chase is. He's their best player, and, as far and, as skill player not named Joe Burrow.
2: And all of his touches, not all, many of his touches, he had the uh, you know, 14, 15-yard out. He had, I think, a comeback as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of his touches, many of his touches were right at the line of scrimmage. Off, Yeah, which we never used stuff. to see. You'd see his some, long was 13. But, his long was 13. So that must have been the 13-yard out. I think yeah I mean he's still a very dynamic player and the the biggest disappointment to me about this offense in this game is the backup safety is a player who made the the interception kudos to to Geno Stone to Mike McDonald for holding their disguise so late into a snap something that Zach Taylor credited them for after the game Joe Burrow never saw Geno Stone cheating on that T Higgins route, T Higgins at his locker said it was a look they wanted, uh, something they'd been repping this week. Thought that that was going to be a good play for them. And uh, it, it's just one of those, Mike McDonald's playing this team the same way in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Selective with pressure, showing too high, rotating off of too high consistently. I think again we saw the Ravens, just like the Browns last week, give a pre-snap mantel following a receiver in motion across the formation, then dropping into his That leads to a Burrow sack. Uh, Joe, Jonah Williams ends up being the guy who's, who's Jadavion Clown. he's rushing against him, gets the sack. But that's, you know, Joe Burrow thinks he's getting one thing, tries to step up in the pocket when he doesn't get what he wants on his first read. Then, then there's a cleanup sack. And, and Jonah wasn't great, wasn't, wasn't perfect in this game, but he was fine. Um, I did think Orlando Brown might have been perfect. In pass pro, yeah. by the way, he was good. I, I don't recall him giving up a single pressure. We'll see on tape that the the, the things that I, I want to see on tape this week are offensive line stuff. I think they were much better this week. I think both guards gave up a quick pressure. Jonah gave up a quick pressure, but if that's it. You you can live with that for sure. I want to watch Jamar's routes. I want to see what I want to see if Joe was processing the game right because there were a lot of checkdowns when it felt like he had good protection and could have held onto the ball and let plays develop. Those are some things on the offensive side I'm interested in. Then on defense, a lot of people think that the Bengals just weren't prepared for Lamar. And I don't know if I am there from a game planning perspective. I, I just don't think they executed. Oh. Uh, I think, You know, they had a spy on third and game, and then they just didn't execute with the That's spies. like
0: saying, we're not prepared for a crossover. Like, we yeah. do, we've done them. Like, they've faced Lamar. Like, this coaching staff has faced Lamar. A lot of these guys have. So, I think they were prepared. It, the- you're right it's it's an execution thing and when you don't execute you look unprepared yeah. like it goes hand in hand and so yeah i i mean i certainly don't think they execute i, I agree with you though i want to see the downfield stuff mm-hmm. what was there what wasn't there the the quick dump offs to mix it in the flat did you need to go that route or did you not you know is there anything open over the middle did you have jamar deep on any of the the, the place like those are the things because until you see that you don't you really can't say ski <laughs> You know it's because it, it that's could always be, my you
2: know. thing with scheme like how, how are we how are we saying it's a play calling before we've seen tape like I, I can't see anything that's happening down the field except where the ball goes how, and I know some people at the game said that it looked hard for receivers to get open too. I would just point to the second half T Higgins over the middle of the field was taking candy from a baby in that second half and they were hitting it consistently and and moving the chains consistently in that second half but not the explosives are missing right? That's what you point to every time. Last year, this year, so far, seems to be the case. Need to find those explosives. Big point of emphasis this offseason. Something that we will continue to monitor for this team. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. have well, some film takeaways coming your way in the near future on this show as well, once we've had a chance to dive into the tape. So Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one.
1: Hey, Prime members.